0: Ah, Rach did such an amazing job. There's not many friends that when you kind of say to them, Hey, I've got this idea, I'd like to climb three mountains, the tallest ones in England, Scotland and Wales, will you do it with me? There's a catch, it's gonna take us twenty four hours. Did she go, What? She went, Yes, totally, I'm up. I'm in. So thanks, Rach. Awesome to do adventures with you. Is that gonna stay there? I bring so much clutter with me. Look at me. I'm so high met. I've got tissues and all sorts. Um, I am loving this series of gift. I love um, just hearing about what goes on in the life of this church and hearing the stories from you guys about how you get involved and how you use your gifts to serve one another. And Mark kicked us off, didn't he, with asking, what is in your hands? And looking of that key text of 1 Peter 4.10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Now, I don't know about you, but I used to really freak out when people used to say to me, so Heather, what's your gift? What's your gifting? I was like, oh my gosh, the pressure. I don't know. I kept thinking these gifts had to be big, that they were the evangelists that would go out into the streets and preach the word of God and hundreds would come to know Jesus. Jesus. Or the pastors and the preachers that just had all this theological knowledge, and we could whip up a sermon in like five minutes, and trust me, it is not that easy. Um, Or the worship leaders, or the prophetic and the prayer warriors, and if I'm honest, I felt exhausted, and I felt really inadequate, and if I've been left out of the gifting production line, but that's not true, is it? Each and every one of us have a gift that we can use in the kingdom of God. Each one of us have been called to a life of significance. And as John Wimber used to say, we all get to play, right? But what I did know was that my heart burned for um, those living in poverty, and I detested injustice and um, oppression. So I'm talking today on compassion and justice. Um, And what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a little bit of teaching around it. And then um, I hope you guys didn't miss it. We had the care centre open in between the services and we had loads of our team. I hope you guys got to meet some of them. If you didn't, a couple of us will be here um, after the 11.30. We'll be just on the left hand out there where you can just ask some questions. You see, there's so much that goes on in the life of the Compassion and Justice Ministries and the Care Centre. We've got everything from worship teams um, to kids' teams, kids' ministry and outreach, and even Rise and other groups get involved um, with helping out in the community. And then at the end of this, I'm actually going to be interviewing a couple of people as well. So if you didn't get a chance to do the tour, don't worry, you're not going to miss out. So... Some of you might even be like, what even is compassion and justice? It kind of sounds a bit like a weird superhero comic or something. Well, the definition of compassion is understanding and caring for those who are suffering. But unfortunately, churches have kind of sometimes just clung onto the compassion bit. And they've not really dug deeper into what um, God's heart for his people is. And it's kind of been watered down and we've kind of clumped it into charity You see, charity is often about making us feel better. We've done our good deed, tick off the list. But it doesn't challenge us to make a sacrifice in the way we live to make right the lives of others. It doesn't challenge us, for example, with homelessness. We we might be moved by compassion and think, oh my goodness, I need need to go and buy that person a, a coat that's on the street. And I'm not saying that bad. But does it challenge us to go deeper? Maybe you own property and you rent it out. Are you willing to rent it out at a lower profit for yourself in order for somebody that works in the city to live in this city? Does it challenge you to maybe um, take on people that are in receipt of housing benefit so that they can rent property, thus reducing homelessness? Okay, maybe some, not all of us are going to be in that position where we own houses. Um, but we all buy bananas and chocolate, right? No? Yeah, oh, good. I was like, oh, my goodness, is it just me? Oh my, I know Richard buys chocolate now, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you're in the supermarket, and you're faced with two choices, aren't you? You've got your cheap bananas, and you're like, wow, great, that's a good offer. Or you've got your slightly more expensive ones, um, and they're fair trade. You can think, well, I'm not going to spend my money on something. Are we actually challenging ourselves and thinking, who is actually producing this? Who's at the other end of this? You see, those regular bananas, that could be somebody that's in forced labor or child labor. Yet with the fair trade ones, you're paying a little bit more, but ensuring that the person on the other end of it is getting a fair deal and is making a fair income from their profit, their um, uh, bananas. You see, for me, compassion doesn't go to the root of God's heart for his people. But rather, compassion and justice go hand in hand. You see, you can be moved by compassion to act justly. See, justice is a biblical word, which basically means just to make right. Justice looks at the root causes of poverty, and it reflects the character and deeds of God who is just. And it's a form of worship. When we live our lives in this way, it is glorifying God. And it's so relational, so relational. You see, our love for one another affects how we love God. And our love for God affects how we love one another. And God's love is so radical, isn't it? And so revolutionary. God's love is so revolutionary, it calls us not only to love the oppressed and set them free, but also to love the oppressors. I can remember the first time I think I was aware of poverty and justice. I was like seven years old and it was Red Nose Day. My brother and I were dressed up all in red and had one of those silly red noses on. Um, I totally should have had a picture of us, actually, shouldn't I? I'm sure I've got one somewhere. I did photos in my last talk. I should have done it, but I'm afraid I haven't. Um, Anyway, we were sitting there watching the Red Nose Day, and they showed footage of these children in Africa and India. And they were like the same age of me um, and even younger and I could not get my head around what I was watching. She had quite a wealthy upbringing, really didn't um, want for anything. I was rather spoilt, if you ask me, my own admission. And there I was, watching children exactly the same as me, but didn't have enough to eat. And I just found it so unfair. I had no clue at that time that such poverty and injustice happened here in the UK, or there, even within my own neighbourhood. And I definitely didn't know that only a decade or so so later, I would experience injustice and poverty and homelessness personally in my own life. And to understand what's going on here, we need to look at the story of the kingdom of God. It's the story that starts in the garden and ends in the city. We need to go back to the garden where it starts in paradise, and God's creation is perfect, and humanity created in the image of God, whose character is just. But then the perversion of God's image by Satan, which we see in the sinful values and actions of humanity when we oppress others, is the cause of an injustice. And the evidence of this is all around us, isn't it? Do you know that there are There were 40.3 million people living in slavery in 2018. That is three times more the amount than during the period of the transatlantic slave trade. 20% of people in the UK are living in poverty, including 8 million working-aged adults and 1.9 million pensioners. And there were 4.1 million children living in poverty in the UK from 2017 to 2018, 70% of that 4.1 million of those children are from working families. And I could go on, but quite frankly, it gets me too riled up, so I'll save you from seeing that because it's not pretty. But we see this play out in the Bible, don't we? We see humanity turning away from God's perfect will, and selfish desire and greed births out of our hearts. God uses the prophets to call his people back, to act justly. In the book of Isaiah, we see this awesome prophet calling the Israelites to return to God, to repent and to be renewed. In Isaiah 1.17, it says this, Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, and plead the widow's cause. You see, the book of Isaiah is not only calling people back to God, but he also points to Jesus. And he's pointing to Jesus where um, the coming kingdom will come, where poverty and injustice will end, where it ends in the city. One of my favorite chapters in Isaiah is Isaiah 61. Um, So if you've got your Bibles, if you wouldn't mind just turning to that, it is going to come up on the screen as well. So it's the year of the Lord's favor. to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called the oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Um, any of the Dream Team, which is the Care Centre team, um, sorry that we have claimed that name, but it's true, that is what they are, uh, will be surprised that I have not continued, because they know that my favourite verses are probably, just a bit later on, they're smiling at me going, oh, I can't believe you left it out. But that's because there's a wealth and depth to this uh, chapter that I couldn't just do it justice today. What I wanted us to focus on was, in fact, this is pointing to Jesus. Isaiah is pointing to Jesus. And in fact, in in Luke chapter 4, 17 to 21, he he proclaims and starts his ministry. He's in the synagogue, and he unravels the scroll, and he's reading this Isaiah 61 passage. And then he proclaims that he is the one that has fulfilled this message, that he is the one that will bring this good news to pass. John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Movement, in an article said this, Justice, setting things right for the poor and the marginalized, is one of the primary purposes for God sending his son into the world. He came in order to set things right. But it doesn't end there, does it? Jesus in John chapter 14 says that whoever believes in him will go on to do the things that he has been doing, and even greater things, because he's sending us the Holy Spirit who will dwell in us, and that we have the very same power and authority to proclaim and live out that Isaiah 61 message. John Wimber continues, "'The manifest presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our midst "'is connected inseparably to his mercy and compassion. "'The same Lord who gives sight to the blind "'and creates miracles through our hands "'is the very one who feeds the hungry through our hands "'and watches over the immigrant.'" We must never ignore the poor. We must never spend the outpouring of the Spirit on ourselves. Now, I know Mark and Denise have both touched on this, but I really feel that this is um, God wanting just to echo this. I think this is a word for the season. You know, churches in modern history have become almost like hospitals. They've been a place where you become rest, receive, and be restored. And I know that in times of my life, that is what I've needed too. That's in fact why when I came here, that was the word I had, to to come and rest and be restored. But we cannot get stuck in that place. What a service to God if we do. We cannot get stuck in the hospital. We are forgetting that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to be agencies of cultural change. That is what the church is. Part of our beliefs as a vineyard movement is that we believe that the end times have begun um, by Jesus' life, death and resurrection. And we're living in this tension of the now and the not yet. The future kingdom has already broken into history through Jesus. It's already begun to confront the darkness and the brokenness of this present age. But we wait in hope of that future to come. The city where all things will be made new. It will be the day when poverty and injustice ceases to exist and God will write this world for good. Yes! But does it mean we sit idly by? Do we resign to the fact that we will always have the poor? No! I've heard Jesus be misquoted way too many times. God is incredibly clear throughout the scriptures in regard to our calling to the oppressed and those living in poverty. And we see the evidence of Jesus' power and authority week in and week out through the care centre, through each of our hands. We see healings, deliverances, God's provision, captives being set free, addictions being broken, broken hearts turning to Jesus and becoming whole. Standing up for justice and acting in compassion should never be a sideline or a bolt onto the church or for an excuse to say, oh, the church should do that. That's the church's job. It's part of the very fabric of how we are created to reflect God's image of being a just and loving father. It's our DNA and is a call to each and every one of us to use what he has given us in our hands to be his hands and feet here on earth. It should infuse into every aspect of our lives and impact the choices we make. God's vision was to create a space here for us to demonstrate that calling, for us to be a people that serve this city. The facilities here enable us to meet an immediate need, but we also work on a deeper justice level, going deeper to alleviate the root causes of poverty and justice. So, I would love to welcome up uh, three members of the Dream Team. So, if I could have Sue and Emma and Andy, please. And they're just going to tell us a little bit about how they use their gifts um, to serve the community in this way. Should we give them a bit of a encouragement? Hi. Hey. Hey. <laughs> you all right, Dream Team? Yeah. Dream Team, I like <laughs> that. Keep <laughs> it. So, Emma. What do you do through the care center and how do you use your gifts?
1: Um, So I joined the care center about 20 months ago um, in March 2018, um, just at a period where I was coming, starting to come through some illness and I wasn't working and I just felt that I wanted to go and do something that would help me um, continue to heal and take my mind off what was going on for me. So I've been there some time now and now that I'm back at work I'm still there because I have a job that allows me to have a half day to work and I work in the shop And I do a number of things. I help clients uh, pack up their food, have a look at what they've got, make sure they've got what they're allocated, help them with any questions or issues. Sometimes I help them shop if they can't find things, um, and sometimes I help on different sections of the shop. And I'm just there, basically, for people to come and talk to me if they have any questions. Um, It's a really interesting question about how I use my gifts, because for a living I'm a key relationship manager, so I'm always presenting to people, and I'm really confident with people. So... I just thought I would come up and say, well, I'm really good with people and I can communicate. Mm -hmm. Um, But actually, God gave me an opportunity to hear back um, or look in the mirror this morning, um, as He often does. Um, And as I was walking into the service this morning, I bumped into one of our clients from the care centre, and we stopped to talk. And she said the service was amazing today, and she felt really blessed. And I said, oh, you know, I'm feeling actually really low today, and I really feel like I need to feel God's spirit, and I've got to, I've got to do this interview on stage. I know, talk about my giftings at the care centre. And she said, well, I can tell you how you make me feel. And she <laughs> said, you're always happy. Not today. She said, you're always happy. <sighs> um, she said, you're always happy. Um, you put me at ease. Um, you're really confident and you have loads of energy. And you make me feel that way when I come in. Aww. So That's God's given me the opportunity this morning to be told what my giftings are by someone that I'm actually impacting when I work there. So thank you, Lord, for those Aww. words.
2: Thank you. Thank you, so thank you.
0: Hey, Sue. Hiya. Hiya. And how do you use your gifts in Cassandra and care what do you do?
2: Um, I have the most amazing job <laughs> because I'm a pastoral befriender, It's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? I could have come up with a better name, sorry. Well, no, that's exactly (laughs) what I do. I basically chat to people, I listen to people, and I get to pray with people. And Mm. I'm just so amazed at people who don't actually yet know Jesus being willing to be prayed for. I'm feeling God's presence. They say, oh, that was hot, or I feel peace. They get healing, mm. physical, emotional. And sometimes I get to pray with people to receive Jesus. And it's just like, oh, my goodness, it's just such a privilege. Mm. Um, it really is. It's just awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> is Andy.
0: <laughs> Hi, everyone. You're right. How do you use your gifts, Andy, in the care centre and what do you get up to?
3: Um, I'm right at the very end of the chain, so I, uh, once everyone's got sort of like all their dry goods and their fruit and veg, they come to the fridge and freezer. Um, which was the thing that shocked me when I first joined the care centre. I presumed you'd get tins of beans and spaghetti. What I didn't sort of cater for or think was possible is that you might get sort of like a Sunday joint or a chicken. Um, so I joined at Christmas when they, we, we literally had whole turkeys you know, to hand out. And um, you know I just couldn't believe the quality of goods we were able to bestow upon people which was just a massive shock to me. Uh, like a, a nice shock.
2: Hmm.
3: A nice surprise to mm. be able to give that uh, kind of stuff. Um, how I use my gifts, I don't know. I, I sort of turn into some sort of like East End trader.
0: Honestly, it's amazing. <laughs> he works that freezer, Emma. This is Emma's husband, and she'll sort of roll her eyes at me and be like. Oh God, I'm, I love it, like carry on, like crack on, I've never seen anything like it, he works the freezers, that's what we say, isn't it? I,
3: I think my gift is I have a passion for food, <laughs> 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 Cook, cooking it and eating it so I can be very enthusiastic <laughs> with what I'm giving to people. But, um, it,
0: but it puts people at ease, doesn't it, and then it enables them to open up to you, exactly. and I think that's what you bring, you just yeah. you, you're yourself.
3: Yeah, I I mean, I'm not sure this is an answer to the question, but the thing that was on my heart to Mm -hmm. say, um, I'll try and be as brief as possible, was, um, you know, God, you're quite right. Uh, Jesus said, the poor you will always have with you. Um, And that's not an offhand, oh, they're always going to be there, so don't worry about them. Um, That was like, they're always going to be there, and it's your job to look after them, you know, to be my hands and my feet. And, and my mouthpiece uh, towards people who are suffering. And and I think what working at the care centre has highlighted for me is the polar difference between God's compassion and our human hearts. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to give out a charity when it's easy, when it's like, just text this and, and, and give three pounds of water and you do it as a feel good thing. You know, just like, oh, I've done that, I've given some water to an African child. But actually, God calls us to give more precious things. You know, what, what, he look, what he saw was the woman who smashed her costly jar of perfume or the, uh, the person who put like a penny in the box He went, saw that because that was the only one she had. Like he sees the precious gifts mm-hmm. that you give. And what are the precious gifts that we can give? Invariably, it's money and it's time. Um, and, and when we give them... Uh, like out of uh, sort of like a place of sacrifice, because time's precious to me as a mm. musician. You know, if if, if if I give an afternoon or whatever, that costs me. Yeah. So know. Andy
0: gave up time teaching so he could just come and serve with us. So, yeah, so, so. And, that,
3: and that's not that's not a like look at me and how wonderful I am for doing that. That's more like that's what you're called to do. Is give mm. those give those uh, uh, costly gifts. To bless other people and to leave any kind of human judgment you might have, because like it's really highlighted the kind of judgment I could have. You know, it's very Mm -hmm. easy to think, "Interesting," you know, someone needs food but they're smoking fags outside. Mm, Yeah, but 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 there. But for the grace of God, go I. Mm -hmm. You know, I've Mm -hmm. made choices in my life that could have wound me up in those kind of situations in that kind of poverty, Mm -hmm. and God has redeemed me. So.
2: Thank you.
0: Thanks, guys. Thank you. (laughs) Sort them out. Sort them out, Emma. Sort them out. So, kind of want to turn to my question from earlier. What is in your hands? Do you remember those big gifts? You ready? You ready for my list of big gifts? Prepare to be wow. Do you have the gift of handing out leaflets an hour a month? This gift says, I love my community, and it is not okay that there are people in my neighborhood that can't afford to eat. Do you have the gift of food preparation and washing up? This gift says, I love and care for your basic needs. You deserve a meal that will nourish you and bless you. Do you have the gift of setting up and setting down? This gift says, I love and respect you, I care that you feel dignified here when you come. I think you're worth having a clean and tidy environment that makes you feel at ease. Do you have the gift of sorting cans? This gift says, I care that the food you eat is in date, and I care that you have choice. Do you have the gift of a loving, listening ear? This gift says, it doesn't matter what you have done or what you say, I'm safe you can trust me. You're loved, and we're here for you no matter what. Do you have the gift of an education or training? This gift says, I love and care about your future. You're worth more than your current circumstance. I see the gold in you, and I want to encourage you. Someone once taught me this. Let me pass it on. Do you have the gift of writing letters, signing petitions, and saying, no, this is not right? This gift says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are worth more than your current situation, and you are being wronged. I want to empower you so that you can walk in freedom. And this is my favorite. Do you have the gift of being you? This gift says, I know what you've been through me too. It's okay. Things can change. God loves you. Can I pray for you? You see, these are your gifts. This is what you bring. You bring yourself imperfectly perfect with the seemingly little that you have in your hands. And do you see what God does? Do you remember earlier, I was so fixated on those big gifts that I had to be this big thing? But actually, what started was happened that I just started saying yes to God. I knew what I was passionate about, but I didn't know how to make an impact in that area. But where I saw a need, I I just filled it. Uh, Handing out leaflets, that's how it started for me. Sorting cans, stacking the shelves, my insignificant gifts. God started to use in mighty ways for his kingdom purposes and impact. You see, as I was using my gift of serving, God started um, stirring and and kindling other gifts in me. I started maturing in faith and I experienced a level of healing I don't think that I would have experienced in any other way. And do you see what this list is? Gift of worship each one of them, gift of teaching, gift of prayer, and gift of evangelism, each of these bring an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus. Through every small act we do in serving, we are bringing God's kingdom here on earth and showing and telling people just how much God loves them. Can have the band up, please? Thanks, guys. So what gifts do you have in your hands? For those living in poverty and injustice, we are all empowered by the Holy Spirit to bring the presence of God's future to our communities. We have that same power and authority to heal the sick, to be good news to the poor, and to set the oppressed free. We all have the gift of making Christ known. It might just look different for each and every one of us. We all have a part to play in the story that starts in the garden and ends in the city, we can all repent return to god and say yes to the holy spirit and bring what we have in our hands to serve his people do you guys mind just standing i just want to pray come holy spirit father god i am so sorry where i have not acted in compassion or i don't know or acted justly where i've chosen to look the other way I'm sorry, Lord, where I've overlooked my gifts that I didn't think were big enough. Holy Spirit, would you stir in us now, set our hearts on fire for the things that burn in yours. Help us to see people how you see them. And help us, Father God, be a place where we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to be agencies of cultural change. And I ask this all in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.